Welcome back to the Morning Kick podcast. This is a replay episode from the live YouTube, Facebook and LinkedIn show produced by Excite Media. We encourage you if you're looking at digital marketing, website design, to contact us via excitemedia.com.au. Now let's revisit one of our earlier programs and join our guest. Well, good morning, Kicksters. Welcome back to the Morning Kick. And we thought we needed to bring a little bit more authority. Apparently, my Yorkshire-born, Kiwi-raised Australian accent is confusing people. And they're looking for something that's a little bit more direct. So we thought, you know, if you've ever watched a Star Wars movie, you know that they bring in the UK voice to bring some authority to the bad guys. I'm not sure if we've got the right UK accent, but we want to say a big thank you to Dean Seddon from Maverick in the UK for joining us. Good morning, Dean. How are you? I'm really, really good. And that was the most, uh, the best intro I'd ever had, because most people would say I have an ordinary British accent. And uh, now I feel really special. And at the moment, I'm here trembling in my boots, thinking Darth Vader's in the room. But that's another story altogether. <laughs> Where have we actually caught you? You've been kind enough to stay up late in the UK. What part of the country are you in? I'm in the closest thing we get to to kind of Australia, New Zealand, in the UK. I'm in Cornwall, which is right at the bottom. It's the the warmest place you can be in in the UK. Fantastic. So Cornwall by the sea, get out your sun umbrellas and your suntan lotion. And that's exactly where Dean is. Now, I met Dean a number of years ago at a broadcasting conference in the UK, and I've consistently seen him as a powerhouse in digital marketing. Um, he has the company called Maverick. He's always got great content going. We're going to be putting up some of the links so that you can keep in touch with Dean. But give us a bit of your backstory, Dean. Where did you come from? How did you get drawn into the vacuum we call digital marketing? Actually, it evolved from the old-fashioned thing. So uh, my mum was effectively producing newsletters on these old kind of risograph machines that you'd, you know, turn and wind around and it'd make newsletters for, for a church. And it started with that and we would stick everything together and make leaflets literally with gluing bits down on paper. And then it went to computer. And then it was like, oh, now we want to send it out by email. And, and we kind of evolved. So I kind of don't remember when it happened. It just kind of happened. <laughs> You, um, you kind of keep slipping in and you've never been able to get yourself out of it. Exactly, exactly. Um, and and we've had some interesting uh, things that happen along the way when you do things uh, like that. You just seem to be like plodding on and then suddenly stuff kind of comes and takes you to different stages and different projects and stuff, which has kind of evolved me to where I am today. Now, it's not unusual to see Dean with a Marvel T-shirt and that leads into all sorts of conversations. But... Uh, the next evolution, you might say, is your work with Maverick. Can you describe what Maverick does? Because we're going to tap into some of your expertise. But what do we get from Maverick? So um, we kind of flipped a digital agency on its head and went, well, actually, we can provide a lot of value by giving away our training and running events and showing people how to do it. And what we really did is flipped our business model and said, well, if we tell people how to do it themselves, if we educate people and encourage them, 
uh, champion people to do it. Some people will go, can you just help us do it? So we don't have a website with pricing. We don't have a website with anything. We offer free advice about how to do it, paid courses, how to do it. And then people come to us and say, hey, just help us do it. So anything from social selling, email marketing, a little bit of paid ads, but generally that's the kind of spaces we occupy, social selling and email marketing stuff. That's brilliant, Dean. Well, just recently you caught my attention on LinkedIn when you were talking about the problem matrix. Now, one of the things that most small business owners struggle with is how much am I worth? How much should I charge? It's a conversation we start with when we open the doors of business, mm -hmm. and it's one that we keep having to evaluate. Um, just recently, I had to get an electrician to come through the house, and I was absolutely stunned and amazed that from the lowest level that you could get an LED light installed all the way through about 10 different prices, it got up to four times the value for exactly the same product. And I'm kind of going, wait a minute, as a consumer, what's going on in the middle? Now, I, I took the safe bet and I went for the guy in the middle because I wanted security, but I didn't want to go too cheap, too expensive. But everybody wants to know their values. How, how do you discover that? What's this problem matrix? So um, the problem matrix helps you with pricing, um, but uh, it helps you determine or find the people that you can give the most value to and that will... will the people that will appreciate the value that you give. So, so in other words, instead of going, how can I charge more? It, it helps you find out who are the people who are prepared to pay more. So um, in a nutshell, it, it basically um, helps you dig into the reasons why people buy. And rather than just go, oh, we do light fittings, uh, actually attach that to to issues and problems as we call them. And sometimes they're not problems in the conventional sense, but they're, they're things that people preoccup are preoccupied about that they want to change and you attach your product service solution to those problems. I, I want a brighter room for an example, or I want uh, to modernize my house. I want a better house or something like that. And you attach your service to that. And that's where the release of funds is. That's where price uh, sensitivity is diminished. Yes, well, I do regret that um, we may have wanted more light, but now that we can see the dirt all over the place, I'd rather <laughs> go back to the old light. That's another story altogether. So have you got a way of walking through this process? Because it must be very difficult to uh, assess without talking to hundreds and thousands of customers. Um, it, it is and it isn't. Let me just, um, uh, shall I share a slide? Is that good to share the slide now? That's brilliant. Let's go and have a look there. Yes. Uh, now, we'll need to get you to share at your end. Yeah. You're able to do that. I'll do that now. And that should pop the two of us up. There we Sounds go. Up. Fantastic. Perfect. So this is just a little example that I use and, and help people to kind of pull apart their service in that there are four, generally four areas that you need to look at to find out where people are having these problems. Now, it's not necessarily a problem in the sense of always a negative sometimes uh, it can be a positive so you know there's money money in the sense of generally people want to either save money or make more money they want to save time or get more time they want uh, to be seen or or to uh, expand into a space that they're currently not in 
or they're frustrated by the space they're currently in and want to go somewhere else. And then there's the now problem of I need something now. And that's where emergency plumbers occupy. That's where people who reach the end of their tether, say, for an example, they're sick of a recurring problem in their business and they want to make a, a sudden change. They go, do you know what? I've reached the end of my tether. We're going to do something about it and we're going to do it now. And these four areas, when you start to look at your product, service or solution, you should be looking at where's these Where's these money problems, positive and negative? Where's the time problems, positive and negative? The aspiration problems, positive and negative? And the now problem, positive and negative? And I'll give you an example of this because it does take a little bit of digging because sometimes the way we see our businesses and the way customers see our business is totally different. So the person who buys the Lamborghini, why are they buying a Lamborghini? The average mileage per year of a Lamborghini is 5,000 miles. Um, so they don't use it to go to the supermarket. Uh, they don't use it to go predominantly kind of track racing. Very few supercars are bought for that purpose. They're actually bought for two reasons. One, somebody wants to show other people that they have achieved something, an aspirational problem. Yeah, the Lamborghini solves a problem that somebody goes, I want people to know that I've made it. <laughs> and that's how they sell the car for £175,000 or whatever. It's a symbol to other people that you have made it. Uh, and that's a very simple example. But generally, most people's businesses, they fall into a time or money problem. And when you find the big gun, as I would call it, the most compelling reason why somebody should buy that's really really important and it's one of those it's sat in one of those four categories that's absolutely brilliant and i, th I think you've nailed it in terms of just understanding exactly where the problem lies you've got to be able to identify that time or money issue so where do we go in terms of actually trying to understand our customers it's, it's easy for us to assume something like the lamborghini but what about somebody in the middle who's selling services? How do they evaluate that question? So the first thing I would do is try and map this out from any previous experience you've had with customers and start to look at why have they bought? Yeah, what has been their reasoning? Now, depending on who you're selling to, that would be, you know, you might have different groups. Uh, so that'd be the first thing I would do. Look through the previous business history and look at why have people bought and what have been the primary motivators of them getting something done or getting this service provided? That's the first thing. Then what I would start to do is start to dig into uh, Facebook groups, uh, LinkedIn groups, Google, uh, YouTube videos, and look at the view counts and the stats to see how many people are talking about these issues. And the way I'd like to think about it is, um, let's say for an example, um, I wanted to sell you, Andrew, a new microphone. Yeah. So I'm Good trying idea. to pitch. Like I'm trying to pitch you a new microphone. Now I could, if you're not thinking about a new microphone, there are two things. Uh, knowing where you've come from in broadcasting, uh, I would be going well. I'm trying to sell Andrew a new microphone. He's been in broadcast broadcasting, so he's experienced all the all the wonderful toys. So what what would what would interest Andrew? I would probably be going, well, actually, I'd talk about the quality of his current microphone. Maybe you might be frustrated with that. Or you may be 
thinking about how to get a more crisper, cleaner uh, sound through your podcast. So my, or video or blog or whatever you're doing. So I might say, well, actually how to get a very clear uh, radio quality sound through an affordable microphone. Yeah. And I would start to pitch it and build it based on that. Cause obviously people don't buy a microphone for microphone's sake. They're buying it for better sound. Yeah. So then you just have to find the right motivators. And I go to Facebook groups, I go to Google and what I'm really looking for is, can I, can I articulate the way people are fit thinking about particular issues in their words? Yeah. And if I can find as close to their words, not the waffle and the marketing waffle, we kind of write up for ourselves. What are people saying about it? And, and you might say, if you're fed up with your microphone, you might go, do you know what? I'm sick of this microphone. I just need to get a better one. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for those phrases because when I go, are you sick of your microphone and want a better, a clearer solution that will resonate better than me going, we have a great microphone for you. So I, I really yeah. dig into the groups. The interesting thing that you've alluded to there is you didn't mention actually looking at the issue of price anywhere in that conversation. No. And I, one of my questions I was going to ask you, what if everybody that's coming to me at the moment is buying on price? I'm constantly having budget conversations, discount conversations, price conversations. But what you've done is you've steered us right away from that. And I think that's probably good from two perspectives. One, you start to have your existing customers start to think about the value of the product. Mm -hmm. And two, you're going to start attracting people who are buying based on value, not based mm -hmm. on price, which yeah. should steer you in a different direction. Yeah. Uh, and and that's that comes the that comes where when people start to talk about price, they're trying to trade. Yeah, they're trying to examine and they're trying to weigh up. They don't, if, if people are trying to negotiate, there are some people who just negotiate because they want to negotiate. There are some people who have to negotiate. And then there are other people who are negotiating because they don't think the price is worth uh, the value. And that's where I kind of flip to uh, a little kind of abbreviation of uh, what I call pods. Problem, outcome, decision, solution. The problem has to be the most compelling. Yeah. What is the biggest problem they're facing and their reasoning to buy your product? Yeah. Because if they don't see a need, uh, that they shouldn't even be entertaining any conversations. Yeah. Then the outcome, what is the outcome I can deliver? Uh, and how clear am I articulating that outcome? Because at the end of the day, if I, let me, let me put it in this very simple terms. If, if I can bring you a million pounds of value, um, uh, people would be prepared to pay a lot for that. What I have to do is convince people that I can bring a million pounds of value. So whether your product is $100 or $100,000, your job is to convince people that it's worth the money. And it's only worth the money if people believe they can get the outcome they want. So then you've hit it on the head. So uh, when we get to that point, is it a case of gradually introducing these things as opposed to shutting the doors one day talking about price and opening the doors talking about value? How do we actually start to bleed this into our business and our marketing plan? So, so in my world, I, I 
I will have, I will avoid the price as long as possible. And I will talk about my pods. So problem, outcome, decision. Uh, you know, a lot of people sit on the fence about whether to decide to buy and they're looking for an incentive to buy. And that's often what the discount or the pricing or the negotiations about is it's just tipping people over the edge to that. So I have a, in my methodology, I have a process whereby I have to educate people why a decision is important. Um, so, you know, a lot of businesses, they investigate stuff and never make a decision. So part of my marketing is it is explaining to the customer why this is important uh, in uh, and not just kind of directly. It's important you make a decision today. It, no, I, what I'm saying is whether it's us or not. And there's something powerful about about telling somebody whether it's us or not. In other words, you're, you're setting yourself free from the need to close this sale which changes the dynamic of the negotiation and the relationship when you don't need them. You might need them, but you, you change the dynamic of the sale and say whether, whether or not you go with us, whether you find somebody else, you need to do this. If you really want to step to where you want to be, you have to make a decision of some kind, whether it is stay where you are and keep going the way you're going, or you make a new choice and do something different. So I encourage people to make a decision, even if it's not a decision with us, because, you know, they have to move forward. Um, and then the final one is then I'll say, but this is what, you know, if you want this outcome, this is what we will do to do it. And if you're on board with us, this is our solution. So I use the pod system, problem, outcome, decision, solution. And usually at the, at the solution stage, that's where I'm talking about features, um, you know, the, the kind of secondary benefits, you know, 24 seven support, all that kind of stuff, but that it's the problem that drives the conversation. And then the features are the things that tip people over the edge rather than the negotiation. And then I say it's 490 pounds a month or it's 5,000 pounds a month. Uh, and then they either go, well, what, what can we do? And, the, uh, and I just keep going, well, if that's the outcome you want, that's the price. But if you want a different outcome or you want to scale your outcome down, um, then we can we can negotiate a different price. Nobody wants to scale their outcome down. Yeah, we're certainly getting away from that market um, bartering stage to actually people understanding that they are actually getting a value of a product that's going to deliver an outcome. Really love it, Dean. Absolutely fantastic. Listen, people can go to your websites and get more information, but I'm encouraging people to follow you on LinkedIn. You're delivering daily outcomes and, and um, uh, content there as well. Are there any other outlets that people can follow Dean Seddon on? So er earlier this year, I started to ramp up my YouTube because I'd kind of neglected it. Um, so if you want to find me, I'm doing longer videos on YouTube about lots of different things, but all around... Um, I'm mainly focusing on YouTube on the thinking behind the marketing rather than the doing. So a lot of kind of how uh, our mindsets affects our marketing. You know, if we don't believe in what we're going to do, we'll, we'll almost self-sabotage it. So I focus on YouTube there with that. And then LinkedIn is more my kind of how to's and practicals and day-to-day um, -day stuff. So YouTube is a good one. Very relatable, great content. Thanks very much for joining us on the Morning Kick this morning. There you have it, the problem matrix. Now you can go back and remember that you can always rewind and relove all of the content by going to either Facebook or YouTube and having a look at the Morning Kick again. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, Dean to come on the show again. There you go, we've locked him cool. in. 
we'll get in that calendar and have a chat in the future about another episode. Well, you've been on The Morning Kick. If you'd like to know more about what Excite Media has been up to, I'd encourage you to go along and have a look at our website at excitemedia.com.au and find out what we've been doing. If you go into the Our Team and Blog section, you'll find some great content that's been delivered. We were probably one of the first to release information about the new Google algorithm coming out, information about grants that is coming out right across Australia because of COVID-19, and the importance of showing up in business. So go and have a look at the Excite Media blog and find out more. I want to thank you for being on. We're going to be back again on next week, Tuesdays and Thursdays for The Morning Kick.